Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to episode 50. We made it. 5-0. 50. Do you feel old, Neil? Yeah. We've been doing this for a year. I mean, I know 52 weeks are in a year. We've taken some weeks off here and there. It has been a year. Almost a year's worth of episodes for us. Yeah. yeah. But 50, that's Damn. huge. We are, we're, we're catching up to the Super Bowl, Neil. We're, we're almost there. These shows are just getting better. You know, you imagine the next 50 are going to be even greater. Yeah, seriously. We're going to, we got some, some big things in the works here, folks. We're, we're, we're going to come out strong in the next 50. Uh, but yeah, we've got a great show for you. Speaking of uh, great shows, we're going to talk some news and notes that we haven't had the chance to talk to talk about yet. Uh, we're going to talk the crazy wildcard weekend. We're going to talk uh, predictions for this next weekend. And of course, we have to end it off with our fantasy awards or end of season fantasy awards. We did the same thing last year at the end of the season. Um, you know, just, you know, fantasy sweethearts. Dak Prescott Losers. was a big, big award winner last year. He was. Yeah. He was. I've got, I've got some awards. Not the necessarily weakest ankle award. <laughs> not weakest ankle award for sure, for sure. Yes. His ankles have improved since then. Um, they're not as weak. He's worked them out. But um, I actually want to. I want to start. We've got some news and notes. I want to start off. I know we we didn't plan on this, but I want to start off talking about Dak Prescott. Okay. Just I've got, I've got some quick thoughts. So we're just we're gonna jump into our, some news. Before we get into, you know, wild card. Calling an audible already. I love it. Absolutely. Um, so Dak Prescott, after the Cowboys, um, I don't know if you want to call it a game, if you want to call it like a, a mockery. Um, so when the, the Cowboys lost, yeah. um, in, in typical Cowboys fashion, they, you know, they couldn't uh, spike the ball in time. You know, that's the end of their season. Whatever. Um, but in uh, typical Cowboys fashion, they, they wanted to blame it on the refs, which, you know, you can make a case for. Sure, you can make a case for. Um, but as the refs were leaving the, the, the field, um, the fans were throwing things at the refs. So throwing objects at the refs, which, you know, is, is a finable offense, you know. Um, and after the game, um, in the press conference, they were asking Dak Prescott, um, you know, what are, what are his thoughts? Or I don't even know if they asked his thoughts. They just said, you know, I don't know if you were aware, but fans, so Cowboys fans were throwing things at the refs as they were leaving. And these are things that can seriously harm someone, especially mm-hmm. if they're thrown at, you know, a velocity at a distance, whatever. And Dak Prescott's response was good on them. He was encouraging them. And all it takes is that. I know Dak Prescott has since apologized for, you know, for saying that, but he said it, you know, that soundbite is there. It's out there in the internet. It's, it's there forever. No matter how many times you apologize, it's there. And there's some crazy idiotic fans out there, right? And these crazy idiotic fans are going to hear this soundbite and it's going to be played forever. And every time they hear it, they're going to be like, Dak Prescott once told us that it's okay to throw things at fans. And this goes across all sports. Like, it's not just NFL, right? It's it's any sport that has refs in it, really, which is any sport. These these fans, these idiotic fans now have a reason to yell profane language at them or, or cause harm to them or throw things at them, you know? Yeah, he's basically enabling that sort of behavior. Exactly. And saying, you know, Dak, who is, you know, a very prolific figure in the NFL someone who makes a substantial amount of money, someone who is in that market in Dallas is an icon, you know, for him, his words have power. His mm-hmm. words have a lot behind it for him to go out and just, you know, you, you don't want to see any sort of fan reaction that way. As soon as I start to see, things getting thrown onto the field. I think of many scenarios where it's gone very badly. Mm -hmm. You know, most recently at a Blue Jays playoff game against Texas or Malice at the Palace, you know, like little, like events like that that have gone really badly. um, You don't want to be taking it out on the refs. Even if they fuck you over in a game, 
where you think they fuck you over, mm-hmm. but really your horrible play the entire game is what's to be blamed. Yeah, you can't blame it on the last fucking second when the ref, you know, no. couldn't spike the ball. Blame in it time. on your defense for having fucking twelve penalties during the game. Exactly. It's it's not it's not on the rest. And at the end of the day, like we, we talk we talk about all these all these games. Throw shit these. at the defense. Why don't you do that? I mean, ideally, don't throw <laughs> shit at anyone. But yeah, no. At the end of the day, it's just a game. Like you're you're yeah. these these people have families. You know, they they go home. They're they're there to make a living, to put food on their table for their families. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I understand. Dak must have been like just speaking from emotion. Uh, speaking emotionally, he yeah, but be better. Like yeah. you. Sorry to cut you off, but like that, just just like be more responsible. Like you know, people are listening. Your words have weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dak is a great leader in that team in that um, clubhouse. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about the fact that he went into the locker room and asked every player playing in that game to um, drop five hundred dollars into this like bin because all of the um, like the uh, the practice the squad practice players squad, yeah. weren't making the the playoff game check that they were. Mm-hmm. So he asked those players to to kind of pool together and support the the practice squad players. So that's the kind of person Dak is. That's why I don't you know hold this against him too much. But to your point, be better. Mm-hmm. Use your think before you speak. Um, whether it be emotionally or not. Yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. We, I'm uh, again. We don't have to spend a lot of time talking about this, but Dak Prescott is a great person. Don't get me wrong. Like, he, what he's done for mm-hmm. even just like the conversation around mental health, like in the game, like he he's yeah. come out and talked about it himself. Like he's done he's done wonders for the game itself. Yeah. Um, but this specific scenario, like you said, I'm not going to hold it against him forever. But it was an idiotic thing to do in the time, for sure. Um, should we move on to some other notes here? Yeah. What do you uh, want to talk about? I want to talk about Lorenzo Insigne, who is the most recent signing from Toronto FC. Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? He's one of the best strikers in Italy right now. Uh, currently, he's playing for Napoli. Um, but he's a top 10 goal scorer every single year. He's uh, a, a Euro Cup winner. He was on the Italy team that beats uh, my English blokes. Scored a goal in the uh, Euro Cup finals. One of the greatest goals you'll ever see. Go look it up. Um, but this is big news for Toronto FC. This is a player that's still in his prime. You know, and we talk about um, you know a lot of people around the world consider the MLS as you know like the retirement league. You know, when when European players are are done being relevant over there they come over to the mls in order to retain relevance i guess Mm -hmm. um but insigne is he's still very much in his prime he's 30 years old 31 i believe um and he's a goal machine and he's a player that can come over here and have the same effect that sebastian jovinko had when he came over jovinko was playing for juventus you know, he wasn't really getting playing time um, that he wanted. So he, he made the move over to Toronto FC and he found a home in Toronto. There's yeah. still there's still rumors that Toronto FC, uh, Toronto FC have come out and said that they're not done sign, signing players. Um, Jovenko is right now playing um, in, I forget the name of the league. You think they're going to go out and get Jovenko to? I, I with- do. I, part of me, part of me thinks that they will. Um, he still comes here. Um, does he still have it though, or is he washed? Um, I don't think they need him to be the same player that he was when he was originally here, right? With the signing of Insigne, like he doesn't like that. He, they signed Insigne to be the player that Jovinka was. You know what I mean? So if Jovinka were to come in, he wouldn't have to be like that number ten. He could be, you know, the the uh, attacking midfielder. He can be the the winger. You know. Um, and we do have a lot of players. Like Toronto FC does have a lot of players that are on the way out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, everyone's kind of thinking like, "Wow, we're we're letting go a lot of players. We're letting a players a lot of players walk, and we're getting a lot of money, like a lot of allocation money for these players." So Toronto FC is not done. They've they've got some things in the works. I think Jovinko could be a great signing. 
Um, but more on Insigne. Um, yes, he's a goal machine. He's going to come over. He's not coming until July. Um, he's going to finish the season with Napoli, um, which is respectful. Um, and uh, yeah, no, he's going to come over and he's going to take the league by storm. And this this is not just like a, a Toronto-wide, Toronto-wide. This is not Toronto-wide news. This is league-wide news. Worldwide worldwide news yeah absolutely all these teams are are throwing a fit because they this is the captain of napoli who is a top tier Serie A team yeah the captain and they're taking him away from a side who's he's played for for 10 years i mean this isn't fucking like in like lionel messi sort of stature but this is in italy this is just as large yeah this is just as large as a move you know and for a for an MLS team to be splurging the way they're splurging, this is the biggest signing in the history of MLS. MLS is now on so? the map. Well, Ibrahimovic was seven point nine, and that was a, oh the biggest a, like monetary signing. You mean probably the biggest signing? I'd yeah. say. Yeah, fair. You know, yeah, he's not. Um, Italy's not. Uh, I wouldn't say as large a a stature as a, a league as like the the Premiership is, but. This is as big a signing as any other signing. You might get some hate for that comment there, Neil. I know I'm going to get some hate, but, you know, that's just in, in terms of league popularity in the world right now, that's just unfortunately the way it is. Um, Lorenzo Antigna, I think he's going to get a lot more exposure in TFC than he, he is in Napoli. Yeah, I mean... on this At least on this side of the world. On this side of the yeah. world, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to have him here. He's going to, he's not coming until July. So we're going to spend a lot of more time talking about him in the, in the future, but it's, it's going to, it's going to be crazy. And jerseys don't go on sale until July. Trust me. I've already tried to buy one. What's also interesting is this is an individual who is still vying to play for Italy, the national team. Yeah. This is a player who needs to score a shitload of goals to stay relevant, to stay on the map, to stay on the radar. Hmm. So there's no reason to believe that he's going to he's going to demolish the MLS record of goals per 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 season because he's going to still have to be informed to show that national team that he's still willing to play for them. Mm-hmm. He's still informed to play for them. He's still a top-tier selection for that national team. I don't know if you remember but when Jermaine Defoe came over uh, to Toronto FC um like when they when they were first starting to become a relevant side in the MLS, we got Jermaine Defoe. He came over. Um, he started off really well. Don't get me wrong. Um, he he did start off really well, but you know when he eventually you know did start to get more injuries. He 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 had kind of an injury riddled season. It was kind of a tainted first season. He wasn't called out for the England squad, and he took that personally. So he didn't end up staying the full season. Um, but that was the whole thing. That was that was the main talking point was that he wasn't called up for his England squad. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, these these international squads, you know, like when they're calling up their players, they don't just look at who's relevant in Europe. They look at who's relevant in North America, in South America, in all of that. So I think this is doing uh, a wonders for the game itself um, and to spread the game in North America. Um Next thing I want to talk about, we didn't talk about it last week, and I'm, I'm ashamed of us for not talking about it last week, but it's the Kodak Black situation. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. What are you talking about? <laughs> if, if you are unaware, if you are living under a rock, if you don't have social media, um, you obviously weren't watching the Florida Panthers game because nobody was. Um, but if you were on social media that night, you would have seen Kodak Black in his own private suite at the Florida Panthers game. Um, and from, from the front, every video angle that, that first surfaced was from the front side of the, of the, of the booth that he was in. Um, (laughs) and if you haven't seen it, I would recommend going to see it. Um, just just search up Kodak Kodak Black on Twitter wh- wherever I'm sure it'll come up. It'll be one of the first hits. But he was seemingly hmm, um, enjoying a woman from behind. <laughs> Let's say that. I mean, we're an explicit podcast. It looked incredibly vulgar. It absolutely. looked like his uh, pee was in her V for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, that's we're getting you're getting some sex ad here, folks. This is the uh, this is how babies are made. So they were making babies in the in the booth. Um, it's not puppy in a van. It's something very different. Yeah, for sure. I don't even know how many more analogies we can we can throw in here. But one of the weirdest parts about this was that there were other people in the booth while he like there were other people standing around while he was going at this this girl. Um. And then, you know, everyone was, like, making their comments. You know, the Florida Panthers are that boring that you need to find something else to do. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and people were, having, people were having a time with it. Like, the, the, the comments around Twitter, the tweets, just the memes that were going around. And then I think the next day or later that night, a video was released of someone that was in the booth with them. Um, and it turns out that they were just dancing. They were just dancing. And then these, you know, these, these NHL, these meme accounts were coming out and saying, you know, upon further review, there was no evidence, um, to, to reverse the call on the ice. Um, so the call on the ice stands, we have a good penetration. So all these, these, these meme accounts are coming out and saying that because you couldn't really tell what was going on. The whole situation was just weird. It was weird. And, you know, uh, Luongo was actually tweeting out about it as well. And he was in the booth right next to him. So in in the front video, you can see, you know, it, it's the video of Kodak Black and then it pans across and you see Luongo just sitting there watching the game. And then it goes back to Kodak Black, you know, the two different types of people who watch games. Uh, but he was actually tweeting and he was making jokes about it as well. So it's just the whole situation was just, it was a weird situation. I mean, I can't believe we didn't talk about it last week. Um, I guess now in the world of Twitter, it's old news, but it's just... Biggest takeaway here is that Florida Panther games are so boring yeah. that you have to result to having sex during yeah. the games. I mean, if you can pull that off. I mean, clearly he didn't pull it off because it wasn't even a thing in the first place. But, like, wow. That's got to be – That's I don't know. if you, It's not the mile high club. It's the it's the negative, negative 20 club, I guess. I guess. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know. We'll come up with a better name for it. But Cold as ice club. Cold as ice club. Yeah, over that. Wow. Um, speaking of cold as ice, well, I'm going to use this as a transition. Um, I wanted to talk about Westbrook. So more news. Westbrook, um, has been Westbrook recently. He's not been shooting well at all. He's, um, he's, he's not the player that they, they intended to, to sign when they eventually, when they initially signed him. The main thing I wanted to talk about here was that reports were coming out during, I don't know if it was last night's game or the night before that. But reports were coming out that Frank Vogel, the head coach of the LA Lakers, had been given permission to bench Westbrook. And there's there's a couple things there's a couple things I want to break down here. So given permission, you don't you if there's a team where you have to the management has to give permission to the head coach to do something head coaching wise, is that really a head coach? Or is that like Frank Vogel? There's there's always been like talks about how he's just like he's the front man um, for the head coaching staff. Like he's not really doing much. Like LeBron's doing it, or management is doing it. Management is making all the calls. And you know we're seeing reports that Frank Vogel's job has been on the line recently. But what is his job? You know what I mean? Like he's the head coach, but he's given permission to do things from from management. Like that's not a that's not a head coach. That's that's just someone who's you know a puppet. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Westbrook has has not been playing well at all, and you like leave that to Frank Vogel to make the decision. You know what I mean. Like don't give him permission to bench a player. Yeah, I mean, like you heard, you're now hearing analysts go on on these rants. Like Charles Barkley went on this rant calling the Lakers wussies saying that they suck, saying that, you know, Frank Vogel and Westbrook shouldn't be the ones who take the brunt of the blame. It should be more of a front office type of, you know, like if you're going to point the finger at anything, point the finger at the people who constructed this roster. Mm -hmm. Point the finger at the people who said, we're going to invest everything we got in these three players and fuck the rest of this roster. And if any we of these players... We don't give players, a shit about depth. Exactly. If any of these players get injured, we have no one to replace them. 
You know what I mean? Like Anthony Davis has been out for a while now. LeBron James sits out maybe like once every four or five games. Westbrook has Gosh, actually been the second healthy. best player on the Lakers is someone who signed a third 10-day contract, former Raptor Stanley Johnson. Mm-hmm. The second best player on the team. Yeah. What does that say about the rest of the fucking lineup? They've, there's no depth. They traded everyone away to get Anthony Davis. Yeah. They traded everyone away to get Russell Westbrook. Alex Caruso is even saying like he was willing to take less money, and yeah. the Lakers are like, nah, we don't want you. Yeah, exactly. Alex Caruso. That's how low... That's how ill fucking minded this front office is that they're just going to go out and and try and sign carmelo anthony and try and sign these dwight howard dwight howard like these old washed up players and think that's going to succeed in in today's nba where it's much faster it's much more physical you need to be able to shoot you need to be able to to work off each other yeah and all they have are all these guys who need the ball in their hands these iso players like LeBron, like Anthony Davis, Westbrook. These you are, have to think, like, Westbrook and LeBron would clash. Of course. Everyone said that. Yeah. As soon as that trade was as soon as that yeah, trade was announced in the offseason, everyone's just like Yeah. This is not gonna work out. They've lost more games than they've won this year. So if they're, they're below five hundred. They're yeah. twenty two and twenty three. They're not in a playoff spot. I they're going nowhere quickly. Yeah, they're getting Anthony Davis back either late this week or next week, but is it really going to matter? No, the damage is done. I think I it, it's it's weird. It's 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 weird to see the Lakers struggling this much after having so much success recently. Um, but you look back to like when LeBron wasn't there, like the Lakers were were a shit team. But at least they had depth. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have that depth right now, and it's coming back to bite them in the ass. Well, trade deadlines coming up. Let's see what they do. It's true. Um, another thing I want to talk about news-wise before we get into wild card stuff and fantasy stuff, um, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> oh man, everyone's just uh, on social media. Everyone's you know feeling bad for the Edmonton Oilers. I don't feel bad for the Edmonton Oilers. Are you kidding me? At the start of the season, everyone was talking about how you know they were they were going to be such a good team. They were the best team in Canada. Um. But they're just, they lost 6 nothing last night. For what, their seventh loss in a row? They have no offense right now. They just can't get it going. They have McDavid and Dreisaitl that were held scoreless last night. McDavid was held to three shots. That's it. That's all he had. This is his, the, the best two goal scorers in the world right now. The best McDavid, the second best, Dreisaitl. I saw where you were going with that, so I jumped in front of it. Um, but they're just they're just not good. And McDavid, you know, he's been in the news recently because we talked about it before how the fact that, you know, Evander Kane has been rumored to be a signing for the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think they can do that now. Um, just going off of like where that team is right now. If you were to bring in Evander Kane, you would have a riot on your hands. You're having your your fans throw jerseys on the ice. Last night three jerseys were thrown on the ice at the Edmonton Oilers game. And you're gonna bring in Evander Kane. Who's who's in a lawsuit right now for for beating his wife? Like, let's come on. That's not the answer here. Um, but McDavid was in the news for you know when he was asked about that. He, I mean, we talked about this on the episode before. But when he was asked about that, he kind of just shrugged it off and said, "If the fans don't like it, if the media doesn't like it, it is what it is." So it's a winning at all costs mentality, and McDavid is just so clearly defeated. By, by being a part of the Edmonton Oilers franchise that he's resorting to, you know, saying these things. At this point in, in his career, let, okay, let's, let's match up McDavid's career with Crosby's career. Where was Crosby at this point in his, his career? A winner. A winner. Stanley Cup. He was a Stanley Cup winner. World Cup. Yeah. Olympics. Gold medals all around. This was what Stan. This is what Sidney Crosby. Tim was doing. Hortons commercials. Tim Hortons commercials. He he reached the pinnacle. He made it into a Tim Hortons commercial with Nathan McKinnon. Like that's it. That's all you need to do. Yeah. But um, and you look at what McDavid's done right now. Like nothing. I mean, yeah, yeah he's got the individual trophies, you know, galore, but he's not one. Yeah, he's a human level. highlight reel, but he's trash. 
He's not even the best player on that team. Oh my god. Let's <laughs> Yeah, I mean you had to get the comment in there at some point, right? My I have something to say about the Oilers before we move on here. They had twenty three million dollars this offseason in cap space uh-huh. to spend. And all they did all they did was bring in Zach Hyman. They brought in they re upped on Zach Cassian. They re upped on an, on thirty nine year old Mike Smith. They brought back Tyson Berry. They signed Cody Cece to four years. Duncan Keith. They traded for Duncan Keith. Like you're, if you're talking about front offices, look at the Oilers' front office. You need to fucking figure that out first before you can figure out. It it, it blows my mind that these players started out so well, but since December first, December first, they played sixteen games since then. Mm-hmm. They've gone 3-11-2, so 3-13. and 13. One win came on December 1st. That was the last time their coach, Dave Tippett, mm-hmm. won a game. The Oilers have won two games since then, but Dave Tippett was in the COVID protocol. Right, right. But December 1st is the last time that that coach won a game. So, the, I mean, in that time, they're dead last in points percentage. They've scored the sixth least goals per game in the league. Mm-hmm. For a team that is known to be scoring, they've allowed the most goals per game by any team mm-hmm. in the league. They've posted the eighth worst power play and the worst penalty kill in the league. And the shooting percentage is worse. At, at, at this point, if you haven't won a game as a head coach since December first, where do you draw? Where do you end it? It's December. It's January twenty first. Mm-hmm. Coach's last win was December first. Almost two months without a win. And he still has a job? He still has a job. Where do you draw the line? Where do you fire this guy? That front office needs to figure it out. Until they do, fucking hate to say it, but Edmonton, you're fucking screwed. Yeah. And it's crazy because this at the beginning of the season, this was talked about as a Stanley Cup contender. I want to I want to play you uh, a clip from the dry settle interview because I you were saying that you haven't you haven't heard it yet. I just wanna I just wanna play you a little bit of it. Um, lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now? Is there, is there one thing that you, in your own mind you're saying, we got to get better at that? Yeah, we, ha- we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? No. Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your question. Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I gave you an answer. Not very good one. Okay. So I just... I, that, <laughs> that's where the Oilers Who franchise... Who is that reporter? <laughs> that's Jim Matheson. And, like, the audacity. And people are saying, like... Because he asked a follow-up question after that. How do you allow this, this reporter to ask a follow-up question after attacking your leading goal scorer like that? You know what I mean? So that that's why the, the the memes are going around like uh, the Oilers are uh, pissy, you know, blah blah blah. But just that's that's the Oilers franchise is that they they allowed him to ask a follow up question after that. Do you have any thoughts on that before we move on? I know you're you're here now for the first time here. No, I don't. I don't. I don't have any comments on that. You know, it's just hilarious. I think you know exchanges like that probably happen more often when there are no cameras on. Yeah. Um. When the cameras are turned off, the players and, and media probably have exchanges like that. But, mm-hmm. hey, Leon didn't want to answer the question. He didn't have to. He doesn't have to show up to these me- – I guess he has to show up to the media segments of it being, you know, it is, being it who is he is. a contract, yeah. But, fuck, that was a very forward conversation there. It was very heated almost. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You never see that from the reporters. Why side. are you so pissy? Why do you have an attitude right now? Yeah, like who the hell do you think you are? Hey, fuck off, Jim. I don't want to answer your fucking question. <laughs> but that's you know, fucking that's, Jim. That's that's the. Did you get a real job? <laughs> that's the clip that you know this this whole the Oilers franchise is being based around right now. Seems like Jim Matheson's more pissed off than Leon Dreisaitl is. Yeah, seriously. Uh, should we move on? Yeah, talking about um, some football. Some takeaways from the wildcard weekend that just happened. Mm-hmm. What are some main takeaways? Uh, well, we started off earlier in the show talking about the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I think that was a big surprise 
uh, with them being so hyped. Um, but what, what I really want to touch on there is just the fact that um, their head coach, Mike McCarthy, came out and said that he felt like the team was nervous going into this game. And then I thought, I was like, okay, like if you think that your team is nervous, what is your job? Your job is to inspire and instill mm-hmm. confidence in your team, especially in a playoff game where your season's over if you lose. And right off the get-go in that game, that the 49ers, had, they gave the 49ers the ball first. 49ers marched down the field with relative ease and scored on the opening drive and didn't turn back. Biggest surprise is Dallas Cowboys. Considering how many stars they had on both sides of the ball, that's my biggest surprise. Biggest surprise is definitely, I would say, the Dallas Cowboys and the way that they got just dem- demoralized in that in that game. Um, one of my other big surprises was, I obviously, if you listen back to our, our playoff picks, I picked the Patriots to beat the Bills. And we all saw what happened in that game. It was, it was completely... I tried to tell you. Completely not that. Um, <laughs> Bill was just outcoached the whole time. And and I I thought the opposite was going to happen. I thought for sure he was he was going to take over that game. But here we are um, with the Bills, um, you know, with all the momentum in the world after just destroying the Patriots. Um, yeah, that's that's probably my biggest surprise from this past weekend. Um, and also how bad Kyler Murray was in that game, in the game against uh, the, the Rams, Rams yeah. on Monday. Did you see that pick six that he threw? <laughs> the underhand out of the uh, so the rock was on the I the live po- the saw, live stream with that. the Mannings. The Manning cast. And the yeah. rock was right before that play happened. He's like, okay, he's like trying to give a pep talk to Carla Murray and like supporting Carla Murray. He's like, all right, you're gonna have to throw it out. Of, you have to make Backs a good up play against here. the wall. Like, yeah, he's just yeah. like he's you know. In prototypical The Rock fashion, just being super positive and saying all these things. In the very next play, he, he Kyler Murray backs up into his own end zone, and to avoid a safety, he throw he underhands the ball out of the end zone, but right in the hands of a Dallas player or of Rams player. Pardon I'm me, a Rams player who is literally like on the one, <laughs> yeah. like on the one yard line, and he just grabbed it and just walked it into the end zone. That was the shortest. They, they said this on the like while I was watching it. It was the shortest pick six in NFL playoff history, which I mean is fair. Yeah, because that was I mean just, no other qualified quarterback would uh, be making a play like that or attempt unless you're Carson Wentz, I suppose. Unless you're Carson. Carson Wentz, Wentz is yeah. like hold my beer. Yeah, watch. Yeah, if watch I this. if I were to not lose to the Jaguars by forty points or whatever it was, <laughs> they oh lost. God. By. That I'm still not. Then over we'd that. be seeing Carson Wentz attempt a similar play, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, the, it was a it was a wild, wild card re- weekend. See what I did there. Um, some predictions for this uh, this coming week here. So if you look at the matchups, I think the most intri- <laughs> the most uh, interested interesting matchup I I'm looking at right now is the Bills and Chiefs. Um, oh, I, I thought you were going to say something else. Bills and Chiefs is two high-powered offenses. Um, I think like with with the way that both teams are built, you're not going to see a lot of defense in this. Yeah, the Chiefs have been playing well on defense. Have they? Though? Bills have been playing well on defense the last few weeks. I think like you're going to you're going to see a lot of um, teams probably hop on the bag bandwagon of the Chiefs because they they have Mahomes. But on the opposite side, I the mean, Bills the Chiefs have, have had a bandwagon since they've had a they've had a bandwagon. But I, my my selection for this matchup is the Bills. Okay, I think the Bills are going to take down the Chiefs. Interesting. I think with the way that the Bills have come into the playoffs, winning four straight to win that division, and then steamrolling their division uh, competitors, their rivals, I think they're riding high right now. Yeah, but they're riding high because they beat a team that didn't have an offense. They're coming up against a team this weekend that has the greatest offense in the league, arguably. Yeah, but who's going to stop the Stallion? Who's going to stop the Stallion, Josh? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, obviously, we're referring to Josh Allen, the Stallion, Josh Allen. Not Obviously, not you. <laughs> oh, I'm, about... I'm called the Stallion in private, never in public. <laughs> um, what about the uh, Bengals-Titans game? Who do you have in that? 
Oh, I already told you the Titans. Derrick Henry <laughs> is back. Is he officially back? He's though? back. Is he? If he's not back, then the Titans don't have a chance in this game. But if Derrick Henry is back, the Derrick Henry Titans, I'm not even going to call them the Tennessee Titans. The Derrick Henry Titans, Derrick Henry Titans. are going to beat the Bengals. The Derrick, just call them the Derrick Henrys. The Tennessee Henrys. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. This uh, I think most people um, are are taking the Titans in this one, although it this has a very big potential to be an upset. Um, I don't like the way the Bengals play on the road. I don't think you know they have without with taking away the home field advantage. I feel I feel like this is going to be a one sided game. I don't know if I don't think it will. You think Joe Joe Burrow? Is gonna Listen, come through the confidence. I don't know if you saw the post game interview with Joe Burrow after the, that wild card game um, against the Raiders, but the confidence that Joe Burrow just eludes, like he 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 walks into a, a dressing room and just like you feel better because that's Joe Burrow, and you saw it in the post game interview. He was talking about how um, you know typical like Kobe, like jobs not finished, like this is the this is the new standard in Cincinnati. Like the standard going forward here on out is going to be playoff success. Yeah. Like that's, that's, and he was not satisfied with that win. He's like, yeah, like I said, typical Kobe job's not done. What's there to be happy about? Job's not done. We're a team that's going to make success here. So, I mean, like, I don't know. This could be an upset here. I don't think it will be, but it could be. Just last week, we were saying that the Titans would make it to the Super Bowl. Now you're saying we're, they're going to be upset by the Bengals. The Bengals I'm not here. saying that they will be. No, no, no. My pick for this game is the Titans. I, I think the Titans are going to beat the Bengals. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think the Titans are going to beat the Bengals. Okay. Rams, However, Ram, go on. It has the potential to be an upset. I would not bet that it was that it's going to be an upset. But it yeah, has every the one of these matchups has the potential to be an upset, Josh. You can't just say that. I think this has the biggest potential to be an upset, in my opinion. All right, 49ers, Packers. I was, yeah, I'll take the Packers. Packers. Rams, Buccaneers. In I'll Tampa. Take the Bucks. Take the Bucks. I'll take the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. Do you want to make a bet? What's the line right now? What's the line? Do we have a line? I don't think there is a line, is there? I haven't seen a line yet. Um, Sure, let's make a bet. This game's Sunday at 3 p.m. Do you want to make just like a 20 buck? $20. $20. I'm going with the Rams. I'm going with the Bucks. Um, Bucks are still really banged up. You might have Fournette back for this game, but I don't think... Tom Brady has not shown that he is affected by the loss of Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown just yet, but I don't know. With the Rams' defense, like... The way they played, man, good. like they looked fucking good. And then Bills Chiefs. I'm gonna take the Chiefs in this one. I know you're gonna take the Bills. But... Are we going twenty dollars on this too, or? <laughs> <laughs> All right, twenty bucks on that. We got we got bets all around here, guys. So we got uh, Neil taking the Bills and the Rams and Chiefs and Bucks for for Josh. I mean, this could go either way. This could go really badly for both of us. Who yeah. knows? I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen here. It, it's gonna be a fun divisional weekend. Let's let's say that. Looking forward to. It. We'll, we'll for sure talk about it again next week. Hopefully with some without some some tissues for your tears. But yeah, uh, I mean like tissues from from me laughing so hard maybe. I, I just take forty <laughs> <bucks>. laughing tears. <laughs> forty oh bucks. God. I don't know. I tried to make that a positive. Thing. All right, guys, we're going to end off our show here with um, something that we like doing um, at the end of our fantasy football season, which is identify who hurt us the most, you know, identify <laughs> who helped us win mm-hmm. a championship, uh, who helped many teams win championships this year. We're, we're going to do our fantasy end of year awards here. Mm-hmm. All right. Should, get we, should we start off with biggest surprises? I think we start off with fantasy football rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, there I are have many. One. There are many good rookies this year. Um, There's only one of the likes of like Elijah Moore, Pat Fryermuth, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devonte Smith, Najee Harris. If you're looking at fantasy, Neil, 
if you're looking at strictly fantasy, there is one that stands head and shoulders above everyone else. And I think you know who I'm referring to. That's Pat Frymer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's Rashad Bateman. It's Rashad Bateman. No, it is Jamar Chase. I mean, you can't you can't talk about rookie breakouts without talking about Jamar Chase. Yeah. He's finally um, re- reconnected with uh, Joe Burrow, um, and they they just lit it up this season. That's one of the reasons why I think the Titans matchup against the Bengals has a potential to be an upset. It's because Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are just that good together. Um, so my my rookie of the year, um, fantasy wise, is Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase would be a great one A um, for that award, but the one B I'm going to go with is Najee Harris. And Najee Harris is someone who is top five in in scrimmage yards out of anyone in the whether it be wide receiver, tight end, running back. Um, Najee Harris was the entire Pittsburgh Steelers offense this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't see the touchdowns, which kind of limit limited his ceiling this year in fantasy but Najee Harris is someone that I'm going to be targeting in every one of my drafts next year absolutely uh when the when the Steelers draft a capable quarterback next year when they upgrade their offensive line you're going to see Najee Harris explode I think this was he learned a lot through this year he didn't have a single fumble all year round up until his playoff matchup last year and that is unheard of for a rookie running back or this year you mean for this year yeah yeah you said last year um, um, so, I mean, Najee Harris would be my 1B, but yeah, to your point, Jamar Chase was next level. Like, it was unbelievable. The connection, they just knew where each other were. Yeah. They knew where to go every single time. It was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Record said, Jamar Chase is already a top 10 wide receiver, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, what? Well, let's go, let's go for this year. Um, who is a one-year wonder? this year so who exploded onto the scene this year but will not do so again ever again in your opinion do you have one for this i do have one let's hear it my one year wonders court quarterell court cordero cordero patterson cordero patterson mm-hmm. um this guy could have been and should have been a league winner for you in 2021 if you had Corderell. Cordero. Cordero. If you had him on your team, you're probably winning trophies this year. He, week in and week out, for someone that you could just pick up off the waiver wire, Mm -hmm. won you week after week. Mike Davis didn't pan out the way the Atlanta Falcons wanted when they signed him. Um, And that led to opportunity for someone who could catch the ball out of the backfield. And this is a wide receiver playing running back. He is fully trucking other other mans trying to stop him. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is a one-year wonder. I don't think he's going to be repeating this. He might have some opportunities early next season, but I, I can't foresee him. He's going to be going early in drafts too, believe me, yeah. with what he did this year. And the fact that he can be a running back and a wide receiver. Yeah, that works well, but he's been in the league forever. Mm-hmm. You know, He finished top 10 this year in, in running back uh, rankings, <laughs> but I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think he's going to be doing this again, at least. You have a, a player? I do, yeah. Um, and I've thought this throughout the whole year, and I was waiting for him to fall off, but it never really happened. And that's Mike Williams, the wide receiver for the LA Chargers. Um, I, I don't think, I don't see him having this kind of success in any other season going forward. Um, I, and like I said, I was waiting for him to drop off because, you know, there's with the, with the receiving potential on that team, and even just like the running back potential taking away from the, the targets, like, I was waiting for Mike Williams to just, you know, have a really bad game, but then everyone just drops him again because he yeah. wasn't highly rostered at the beginning of the season. Um, and he just never dropped off. He had a really good season. Um, he had, I mean, he had some bad games here and there, but he always, you could count on him for those deep throw touchdowns. And it yeah. happened almost every single game. So I, I don't think um, you should target Mike Williams super early in next year's draft, but um yeah, I don't think he's going to have the same kind of season he did this season. Okay, um, the next award, you're, I, I want to say bust of the year. Who's your biggest bust of the year? Who is someone that you drafted or traded for with confidence mm-hmm. that you had high hopes for that you could just easily plug into your roster and forget about? 
that you could not forget about that you had to choose every week mm-hmm. like fuck am i gonna play this guy am i not gonna play this guy right off the get-go i know who you're gonna pick do you i think i do who do you think i'm gonna pick i think it's uh a giants player it is a giants player it's probably not who you think so i think it's a wide receiver it is a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it's a guy who signed a, a very lucrative contract a very stupid contract okay, i'll and... go with, i'll go with mine first okay. mine is also a giants player <laughs> okay but it's I, I think i know who you're gonna say and the, the giants the giants all around were just absolute fuck it's an absolute dumpster fire this year um saquon barkley coming back from serious injury i mean the offensive line there just didn't perform the same way they did last year um where you saw wayne gallman become relevant two years ago um and sign a contract but you, I, again this year you saw wayne gallman float from team to team because he's absolute garbage mm-hmm. the offensive line did not have the same sort of impact this year and saquon coming back from major injury just looked lost he looked like he'd lost the fire that he had pre-injury. He just, you know, pre... Uh, he was a top 10 fantasy running back drafted this year. Mm-hmm. I drafted him in, in the first round and like, I, a, I, like an yeah, idiot. Yeah, so did I. So did I. Um, in different leagues. but And I don't foresee him going even top <laughs> two rounds next year. He's probably, you know, people, because of name recognition, people might still want to draft him in the third or fourth round, but... I don't see him being a top 20 running back anymore. I, I think he is. Um, I, I will give a little bit of credit to Saquon Barkley here, and I will take that credit away from the Giants' offensive coordination. Um, it, it was Jason Garrett. It was, it was someone who did not last the whole season. Um, he was fired, I think, like three-quarters of the way through the season. Um, but the offense was just not designed for Saquon Barkley. It was just not. Um and it it was not designed to win at on the same on the same token there. So like I I I do think he's a re- he's a really good running back. Like you can't take that you can't take that away from him. He's he's an an elite running back. He just he did not show it this year because the offense was just so bad. Yeah. And the play calling was just so bad. Um and you know the quarterback was just so bad, so there's a, there's a lot of factors that go into this. Um, but yeah, I probably as a Giants fan, I will take him pretty early in next year's draft because I do believe that he is much better than the, the running back we saw this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my um, biggest bust, obviously, we just alluded to it, um, is Kenny Galladay. He guess how many touchdowns he had this year. How many receiving touchdowns? Zero. He had zero receiving touchdowns. I can't remember. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I can't remember him scoring one. I mean, when he was healthy, when he wasn't injured, he was just so bad. And he was showing frustration from game one. Yeah. So game one, he was on the sidelines yelling at Jason Garrett, like yelling at whoever was on the sidelines there. But like, he was just not good. Just not good. Just like bottom line, like. Uh, yeah, no, we need to upgrade our quarterback situation. We need to upgrade, you know, other wide receivers. We need to upgrade our offensive line. The list goes on. But Kenny Galladay, just when given the opportunity, was just not good. I mean, that's two good candidates for bust of the year. That If you drafted them, you drafted them high on. Um, in, in, you used uh, a lot of early draft stock on these players, and mm-hmm. it didn't pan out. Um, now, on the flip side... Who are some individuals that you would consider your fantasy MVPs? Someone that you might have, you know, had high hopes for uh, in the later rounds of the draft that came through in a big way uh, and, you know, turned out to be your most valuable players in fantasy. Are we calling this our F-Power Award? Do we want to end off on the F-Power Award? Let's call it the F-Power Award. All I just wanted to throw it in there. I just wanted to. I feel One like more we time. We haven't heard it in a while. I feel like I just, we needed to hear it. Yeah, let's call it the Fantasy Pickup of the Year Award. So some, let's call it someone that you picked up that was your fantasy MVP. Do you want to start? Or do you no, start? take it away. All right. So my Fantasy Pickup of the Year, um, he's a tight end for the Buffalo Bills, and that's Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. Dawson Knoxville. Calling him Dawson. He's just, he's, 
he's a, he was a stud this year. I mean, like he he did so well for for his draft capital. Like you know what I mean? Like he he killed it this year. He he's got the stallion behind him. He's he's catching touchdowns left, right, and center. He's one of the best. He's earned himself into the top tier tight end conversation this year, and he was. Yeah, he was not highly targeted in drafts. So yeah. you drafted him. If you drafted him at all, you drafted him late, and he came through for you. So I my fantasy pickup of the year is Dawson Knox. I think my fantasy pickup of the year that's a great one is Dawson Knox. You know, I had him at thank you, thank you. Pre pre injury, I had him, and he went off. You know, mm-hmm. touchdown machine. And I was getting back to that. You know, he's going to be a top five run. Uh, tight end next season mm-hmm. that's for sure um which is wide open now you know that tight end department uh kittle is is cemented himself again um kelsey's still kelsey but how long is that going to keep up for i think the next tier of tight ends you see pat fryermuth starting to take strides dawson knox starting to the take muth? strides the, the muth, muth of the muth of the luth <laughs> love it uh my fancy pickup of the year is someone who was drafted by nobody. Someone who was overlooked by their entire franchise. But not so much because they became they quickly ascended to number one on the depth chart. They Why do quickly, I feel like you're giving a you're giving a pregame speech here? They quickly ascended to starter status and they were quickly given twenty plus touches a game. San Francisco Giants are a baseball team. San Francisco 49ers. I was just going to say. <laughs> We're just talking about wow. the Giants. We're talking about the Giants all fucking shell. The San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. drafted, spent early draft capital on someone named Trey Sermon, who they then buried on their depth chart in favor of someone called Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell is my fantasy pickup of the year. The missile himself. The missile himself. And if you had him, yeah, he ran into some injury trouble late in the season. But he is the reason why the 49ers are moving on to the second round. He is the reason having that run game. You know, yeah, they had injuries early on in the season. Um, but this is a guy that they can rely on, who they drafted in the sixth round. He himself is a rookie. And he didn't get any sort of recognition in that conversation for rookie of the year. Yeah. But Eli Mitchell is going to turn heads again next season because if he's given 20 plus touches he's the the bell cow for a team that likes to run a lot mm-hmm. uh, and score touchdowns i think he's going to just continue to dominate touches and um if you had him he was a great pickup and he helped you win some weeks so that's my fancy pickup of the year f poi f poi yeah <laughs> not as cool as f bow but doesn't have the same ring to it uh no that's a great pickup uh, there's obviously a lot, a lot more that needs to happen, you know, in this off season before we get to the our next year's fantasy draft. Obviously, so there's there's some moving pieces that could change here or there. Like players are not going to all play, be playing for the same teams. We're going to probably have some injuries yeah. to talk about before next season. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how much next draft changes from this year's draft for sure. Excited for it. Anyways, that has been episode fifty. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for all your loyal support. Uh, we got a lot planned, like I said at the beginning of the show, for the next 50 and so on episodes. Uh, and I'm excited. We'll get it again next uh, next week, guys. Episode 51 on Doc. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. Podcast.